Let us pray. All the kingdoms of the earth hath the Lord God of heaven given me, and he hath charged me to build him an house in Jerusalem, which is in Judea. 2 Chronicles 36.23 Heavenly Father, in the midst of my most trying circumstances, and in the moments where I feel like I'm being held captive to my past mistakes, my heart will rejoice in the words you've spoken over me today through the prophet Jeremiah. In spite of what I see, I choose to declare that you know every plan and purpose for my life. I rejoice that in your great plan, you desire to give me hope and a future, life and not death. Therefore, like the words in today's reading, I will change the environment I am in and hold steadfast to your ways until the time of my deliverance. Because you've promised to bring me out and set my feet on fertile soil, soil ready to receive my seed of faith, to unlock the harvest of abundance that you have for me. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for praying with us today. Continue your time with God by listening to today's Bible story. Brought to you by BibleInAYear.com The Destruction of Judah In our last story, we learned of God speaking through the prophet Jeremiah. His words of comfort, justice, and repentance began to truly affect the hearts of Judah. However, the king planted seeds of doubt and burned his words in the fire. Now we learn about the destruction of Judah at the hands of Babylon. The enormous nation rises up like a great beast to completely destroy Judah and all its inhabitants. Captives are taken like cattle back to Babylon, but not without a glimmer of hope for the future. Inspired by the books of Second Chronicles, Second Kings, and Jeremiah. Hello, this is Jack Graham with today's episode of The Bible in a Year. In our last episode, we heard how Jeremiah's words often fell on deaf ears and how the priests of Judah were some of the biggest opponents, even trying to put him, the prophet, to death. But Jeremiah was not afraid. And along with his scribe Baruch, Jeremiah recorded God's warnings on a scroll to speak truth to his generation and generations to come. Sparks of revival flickered in the land, but the harshness and hard-hearted nature of King Jehoiakim kept the people from truly turning back to God. Today, we'll hear how the enemy from the north, the great nation of Babylon, finally descends upon Judah to enact God's judgment on his people. God's people are led away as slaves amid destruction and devastation of their home. But this is not a story without hope, because we know that God always has a plan and a purpose for His own, and that God is faithful. Let's listen now to God's Word. Josiah's time as king was over. The battlefield claimed him, and the reforming king was sent to the dust. His son Jehoahaz took his place as king. He was a young man, only 23 years old, Although he possessed similar traits as his father, he would be unable to rule rightly in Judah. 
For a rising threat emerged from the south. Egypt had risen up against Judah with chariots of iron. The king of Egypt, Necho, met Jehoahaz on the battlefield and claimed him. He captured the king and drug him back to Egypt as captive. The king desired to dominate Judah, but not rule it. So he appointed Jehoahaz's younger brother as king in his place. Eliakim was also the son of Josiah, but possessed none of his noble qualities. He was a quiet and brooding man. He was a wicked and self-serving king. Pharaoh changed his name to Jehoiakim. Egypt was cruel and dominant. However, it was but a fish compared to the shark that lurked in the distance. The great beast Babylon was growing in the north. Its mighty army was vast, unlike any in history. Babylon was the great boiling point from the north that Jeremiah had once seen, and like a shark that senses blood, Babylon approached when Judah was at its most vulnerable. King Jehoiakim woke in the middle of the night to screaming. He looked out his window to see pillars of fire lighting up the horizon. The city of Jerusalem was burning. Women and children rushed out of burning buildings as men lifted their swords to attack the incoming Babylonians. Jehoiakim watched as every man was slaughtered in the streets. Panicked, Jehoiakim gathered his things to escape out the back of the palace. As he went to open his door, it burst open with force. Jehoiakim fell flat on his back and looked up to see him. He was tall and dripping with power. His armored chest was broad and puffed outward. His salt and pepper beard was dirtied from ash and blood. His eyes were dark and glaring. Jehoiakim looked up in terror at the infamous King Nebuchadnezzar. The Babylonian king said nothing. He sauntered towards the half-naked king of Judah and leaned down. He picked him up with ease, as if he was lifting a cat by its neck fur. Jehoiakim trembled and begged for mercy. Nebuchadnezzar gave an impassive stare. His eyes were pits of unrepentant evil. There would be no mercy dispensed from him. He threw the small king onto the ground and had his men bind him in chains. Jehoiakim said nothing. He knew that this would be the end of his life. It would be the end of Judah itself. King Nebuchadnezzar and his army scoured the city of Jerusalem for wealth. They went from house to house, seizing any and all gold and silver. They opened up the house of the Lord and carried away all its vessels and precious items. After stripping Judah naked, Nebuchadnezzar left. He allowed for Jehoiakim's son, Jehoiakim, to reign in his father's place. Nebuchadnezzar needed Judah to remain a nation as a strategic edge over Egypt and Assyria. Jehoiakim was evil like his brother and a willing servant of Nebuchadnezzar. However, his rule was short-lived. After only three months and ten days, he was summoned to Babylon and kept there for the rest of his days. After Jehoiakim was taken away, Nebuchadnezzar appointed his uncle, Zedekiah, as king. Zedekiah was a young man, only twenty-one years old. He was filled with pride and patriotism. He ignored the calls of Jeremiah to repent, and instead warred against God and the kingdom of Babylon. Vainly he rebelled against King Nebuchadnezzar. He provoked him to anger. This would prove to be more fuel for the king of Babylon to tighten his grip on Judah. The priests and leaders of Judah followed in Zedekiah's footsteps. They rebelled against God and turned to the idols of ancient cultures. They defiled the house of the Lord and sent Judah's leaders into madness. 
yet the Lord continued to send his message of compassion. He used his prophets to warn them of their ways. He wanted them to turn to him and cry out to him, as the slaves in Egypt once did. If they had just humbled themselves and asked, he would have answered. Instead, they dug their own graves by warring against Babylon and turning from God. The image of the potter burned in Jeremiah's mind as he watched his nation break. There would be hope soon, but now was the time for destruction. The Chaldeans were the next nation to rise up against Judah. Under the banner of Babylon, the great army stormed Jerusalem like a great beast. The walls of Jerusalem began to crack under the force of Chaldean battering rams. Balls of fire were sent flying through the air, crashing into homes. The Chaldeans broke down the walls of Jerusalem. The crumbling stone shook the earth and signaled for the entire city to run. Panic filled the streets. Chaldean soldiers showed no mercy. Women were pinned to the floor and raped. Men's heads were thrown onto pikes. Children were chained up and sent into slavery. The city charred as the screams of men and women rose up with the smoke. There in the middle of the city was the Temple of God. The cedar beams and golden walls were turning to black as the fire consumed it. All its altars turned to ash, and all hope faded into oblivion. The surviving Judeans were captured and chained. With the burning city of Jerusalem at their backs, they marched forward to Babylon. God's people were carted off like cattle, once again slaves. The heart of God ached for his people to cry out to him. He had Jeremiah send a word to them, a word of hope and clarity. My children, God said, you will be taken captive by Babylon, but this is not the end of you. Go there and thrive, plant gardens, build homes, and start families. Be there and affect the culture for good. When seventy years are completed, I will come to you. I will free you and bring you back. The words filled the captives' hearts with both joy and sorrow. I have great plans for you, plans for good and not evil. I will give you a future and a hope. When you call upon me, I will be there. When you seek me, I will restore your soul. I will set you free. So the people of Judah were brought to Babylon, where they would be captives for 70 years. As we begin today's reading, Judah has fallen into the hands of Egypt. But rather than take Judah into captivity, Egypt only controls the nation appointing one of Josiah's son, Eliakim, as king, though he was a king with no real power and lacking the integrity of his father. The king of Egypt even made him change his name to Jehoiakim. Judah was experiencing hardship and suffering, but nothing like what was coming. The Lord had shown Jeremiah the prophet the vision of a pot boiling with water facing north. It represented Babylon, the giant nation, who had risen to greater power than any other before. Josiah had foolishly allowed the Babylonians into Judah to show off the prosperity of a small nation and thus set in motion a conquest that would bring about God's punishment for the disobedience and unfaithfulness of his people. The destruction of Judah did not happen all at once. It began with a Babylonian invasion of Jerusalem while Jehoiakim was ruler. King Nebuchadnezzar easily overtook the city and sent Jehoiakim into captivity to Babylon. The Babylonians began to pillage everything of value from Judah. The treasures Josiah had so willingly shown them were taken and sent back to Babylon. 
And so began a cycle of oppression as Nebuchadnezzar and his armies picked Jerusalem apart, taking wealth of any kind, even from the house of God. The Babylonians would appoint a Jewish king who did not believe in God. And yet, even as Judah was being conquered and ruled by a pagan nation, God continued calling his people back to himself through prophets like Jeremiah. It was not God's desire to punish his people permanently, but to cause them and to call them back to him, that they would cry out for forgiveness, deliverance, and salvation. The Babylonians were God's rod of iron to chastise his people. Sadly, they turned the other way, falling back again into idol worship, forgetting their only hope for rescue was God Almighty. Next came the Chaldeans who served Babylon. They invaded Jerusalem and tore down her walls, death, destruction, violation, everything imaginable you can think of happened to the people of Judah. It was a terrible and tragic time for the people who refused to call out to God. However, when all seemed lost, God sent a word of hope and a promise and a letter from Jeremiah. He had not abandoned his plan to bless these people and use them to bless the world. God made a promise to Israel, and he would keep it. Even in the midst of captivity, Israel was to be a force for good. In Jeremiah 29.7, God says, But seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile, and pray to the Lord on its behalf, for in its welfare you also will find welfare. This is such a powerful and important lesson. You may actually find yourself far from God right now, or God may seem far away. You may be under the hand of judgment or discipline in your life. Maybe some of the dreams that you had for your life and your future have fallen apart. But God will not give up on you. God still loves you and has a plan for your life. And that plan is to be a light even in the darkness. Jesus would one day give a command which said, Bless those who curse you and pray for those who abuse you. Even in the toughest and the most terrible of circumstances, God is faithful to his people. For 70 years, Judah was held captive in Babylon, but God's plan to rescue them remained, as did his faithfulness to all of his people. Dear God, we are reminded in the reading today that no matter our circumstances, where we find ourselves, that you are always seeking us. Give us hearing ears and hearing hearts to receive and respond to your correction, turning to you in repentance and faith. Thank you for the forgiveness that we have in Christ, for the cross and the resurrection, the good news that saves us all who trust in him. Thank you for listening to today's Bible in a Year podcast. I'm Pastor Jack Graham from Dallas, Texas. Let me encourage you to go ahead right now and download the Pray.com app and make the Word of God and prayer a huge priority in your life. Let me also encourage you to tell others about this podcast because you can pass the word to others. And if you want more resources on how to tap into God's power for living the Christian life, be sure to visit jackgraham.org. That's jackgraham.org. We would love to connect with you right now. This episode is sponsored by MediShare, an innovative healthcare solution for Christians to save money without sacrificing quality.